Thanks for joining us for today's message. We encourage you to email us and let us know what God is currently doing in your life. Or if you'd like to support the ministry financially, you can do so here on our website. For now, we hope you enjoy this message. Thanks for tuning in today. I wanted to share this scripture with you before we get into the, the meat of what I want to share tonight with you. And it's just this scripture in Matthew 13, Jesus, Matthew 13, Jesus taught, about, taught on the parable of the sower. In fact, he says, if you don't understand this parable, then you're not going to understand anything regarding how the kingdom of God operates. So this is a significant to your spiritual life. But he said this, he was referencing the children of Israel. He said this to the disciples. He says, um, I speak in parable because I speak in parables because they seeing see not and hearing they hear not, neither do they understand. And in them is fulfilled the prophecy of Isaiah, which saith, my hearing, by hearing you shall hear and shall not understand, and seeing you shall see and shall not perceive. He was simply saying what Isaiah prophesied has now been fulfilled today. Okay? He was telling his disciples that. And then he said, watch this, for this people's heart is waxed gross, and their ears are dull of hearing, and... Um, their eyes they have closed. They have closed. Lest at any time they should see with their eyes and hear with their ears and should understand with their heart and should be converted and I should heal them. Oh, but blessed are your eyes for they see and your ears for they hear. For verily I said to you that many prophets and righteous men have desired to see those things which you see and have not seen them and to hear those things which you hear and not have heard them. So hear ye therefore the parable of the sword. Not going to praise, not going to share in that tonight, but I wanted to show you that you can actually come to church and not even see what God is saying or hear what God is saying. So it really is about the preparation of the heart. It, you know, it, it just is. And so, how many here could acknowledge the uplifted hand? I've come because I long to hear what God wants to say. Amen. And see what God wants me to see so that I can do that. Okay. Oh, um, turn, if you would, to Ephesians. Uh, there's so many scriptures that, that I'm going to share tonight, but I, I, I don't know if they even got the title of the message up here. I titled this message, <coughs> Anger, is it demonic, Adam, is it demonic, Adamic, or both? Tonight, I'm going to talk about three specific behaviors or expressions that we're all familiar with when it comes to the journey of this Christian life on this side of heaven. Three specific expressions or behaviors that actually entered into the heart of the God-man Adam when he transgressed God's word back in Genesis, okay? All three of these behaviors are designed to trip us up in our calling to be godlike, listen, in an ungodly world, okay? So never again, always remember this, when Satan attacks your life, He's after your seed. Always remember that. I, I remind myself of that constantly. Why? Because I have three children whom I love and adore with all my heart, and uh, even grandchildren that I love and adore even more. So I want to see them uh, uh, grow up and walk with God and not, not stumble and fall because of grandpa. 
a stumbling fall because, you know, I didn't walk out this, the Bible says, this salvation with fear and trembling. So when Satan attacks your life, he's after your seed, okay? So as we learn to confront and conquer these behaviors that we're going to talk about, our offspring will then have a better chance to overcome and conquer them, amen, themselves, um, uh, it is interesting. The reason we tell our families or our children certain things is because we failed in those very things because we weren't listening, but now we want them to do better. Amen. Come on, everybody, say amen. We want them to do better. And so we have to do that by walking it out ourselves, okay? And because the source of these three behaviors uh, or originated with the devil, all three of them are therefore found in the DNA of our Adamic nature. Just want you to know that they're all three present with us as we live for God, okay? So, which means this, that every one of us struggle with these three things, and I'll just give you all three of them right now, and we'll, carry the, uh, we'll talk about the other two next Wednesday night, but they're anger, and it's anger, and it's uh, pride, and it's unforgiveness. And what's interesting, that all three of these, all three of these, listen, uh, in the scriptures, Satan's name is attached to them. In the scriptures, and we'll see that. Satan's name is attached to them. That's how important it is uh, for you to discover these three or give your attention to them so that you don't allow them to master your life. Anger, pride, and unforgiveness. So we'll talk about them as we go on, okay? So number one, the first one, uh, I call it the demon, is it demonic or Adamic? Uh, it, uh, it, the first one is, is anger. The word anger simply means a strong feeling of hostility. And if that strong feeling of hostility is not, hostility is not diffused, it will ignite into words and actions, amen? Actions we thought we already conquered with the cross, See, when we, I first got saved, I really thought everything got saved. I really thought that I was saved inside and out. I, I mean, it's almost like that marriage, that first couple of weeks is pretty good. And after that, it's work. All right? And uh, uh, because of the fact that the Adamic nature begins to surface you know, back into our lives, and we're going, what in the world happened, you know? I thought I'd conquered all these things, and here they're back in my life, and specifically anger, pride, and unforgiveness, okay? And um, in Paul's letter here to the new believers in Ephesus, he was compelled, listen, by the Holy Spirit to address this subject called anger, or this, this um, attribute called anger, this Adamic attribute. He says this, when, not if, when angry when angry, do not sin. Do not ever let your wrath, that's a choice on our part, do not ever let your wrath, your, your exasperation, your fury or indignation last until the sun goes down. He says this, leave no such room or foothold for the devil and give him no opportunity or give no opportunity to him. So while, while self-control is the fruit of the spirit that we harvest, anger is a work of the flesh that we must harness. It has to be harnessed. Raise your hand if you've ever had any challenges with the, subject, with the behavior of anger. Thank you. I mean, I just want you to know every one of us have it because it is in our Adamic nature. All right? I just want you to understand that. Because sometimes we just get so angry and so out of control and we're wondering where, where in the world does that come from? 
Well, it may be, yes, the origin of that may be the devil, but you, that was broken over your life in the sense when you became a new creature on the inside, you just have to master it from manifesting in your Adamic DNA. Just again, just we're learning as we go here. Verse 26 of the New Living Translation, don't, don't sin by letting anger control you. Don't let the sun go down while you're still angry, angry for anger gives a foothold to the devil. Now in Genesis, the fourth chapter, we have record of the first earth families we mentioned earlier, Adam and Eve. We know that they had two sons. And we talked about this, so I'm not going to wear you out by repeating a bunch of stuff, but just trying to uh, point some important things out to you regarding anger. They had two sons, Cain and Abel, okay? And though we don't have a lot of biblical reference regarding their lives, but what we do know is that, that one of them struggled with this uh, a thing, this expression uh, called, or behavior called anger, okay? And um, that anger manifested and brought a harvest of devastation into that family that led to death itself. Something that they, something that they had never connected with. Yes, when they fell and they were departed, they felt that they maybe couldn't define it, but they felt this, this death or this separation from God. Remember, he drove them from the garden, and now they would have to work by the sweat of their brow. Y'all remember that, you know? So I'm sure they, they, they felt that, but they couldn't really define what was going on. I mean, until they saw that the death of their son and that this, this rebellion, this transgression, uh, this thing called anger got so out of control that <clears throat> Cain was able to cross that line and kill his own flesh and blood. Uh, uh, flesh, uh, flesh and blood. Now, now Cain just uh, when they were first raised up, God had gifted them with two professions. Cain was a was a farmer, and Abel was a a, a uh, livestock. He raised livestock, and um, they, they, God designed that, I believe, for this reason, so that they would be codependent on each other. These blood brothers would be codependent in that, that um, one of them had something the other needed and vice versa. Amen. See, see, I think sometimes in our lives, the church gets cheated out of the value of the giftings that are in all of us because we're unwilling to use those gifts within that structure. And, and we were just talking about this because, you know, we've been doing this for 42 years. And I, I, again, I was thinking about the nursery workers. I was thinking about, you know, the, the people that have worked hard all day and they come um, to bring you, to, they come to serve so that you don't get distracted, you know, uh, uh, of what you want to hear in the main service. So they sacrifice their time and their talents to give to our children and our grandchildren so that not only are they ministered to, but you're ministered to. Amen. Now, I've been in services before where kids are bawling and squalling and, and people are trying to hear. And Not that we're selfish, but, but we want to be able to not be distracted by what God wants to say to us. Can I have an amen? amen. And so we set that environment for you, but it doesn't come without sacrifice. It doesn't come without somebody giving and serving, using their talents for the glory of God. And everyone say, thank you, Lord. Amen. So 
Anyway, so anger was the enemy behind all that went on with this first family, uncontrolled, uncontrolled anger. And um, so let's read uh, verse, uh, this is uh, Genesis uh, uh, 4, verse 3. In the process of time it came to pass that Cain brought of the fruit of the ground, I want you to catch this now, uh, an offering unto the Lord. And Abel also brought of the firstlings of his flock and of the fat thereof. And the Lord had respect unto Abel and to his offering, but unto Cain and to his offering he had not respect. And the Bible says Cain was very wroth. That word literally means that in, inside he was burning hot with uncontrolled anger. Uncontrolled anger. Okay? And the Bible says his countenance fell. Amen. And for years, for years, I'm talking about years, I thought that, uh, 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 that, the, that the offering that pleased God from Abel was a blood offering, but it wasn't. It wasn't a blood offering, it was a love offering. How do I know that? Because 1 John, the whole entire book of 1 John is on the subject of the God kind of love. And it's there that Cain's name is brought up. Isn't that something? So it wasn't a blood offering as much as it was a love offering. And when I said, I'll repeat this again because the Holy Spirit said to me this and it's so important. He said, uh, there's no power in the blood without the presence of love. <laughs> there's no power in the blood without the presence of love. Amen. So, hallelujah. We don't know what led to this contentious rivalry between those two boys. But what we do know is that Abel obviously handled it God's way, which was by remaining in love. But Cain, for Cain, anger became so embedded in his mind and in his heart that even God himself couldn't, give his, couldn't get his attention. And though he could have made, listen, this is so good. Though Cain could have made the necessary adjustments inwardly through repentance, he willed his own will above God's will. Catch that again. He, that's why the Lord said to me down there when I was ministering to this Brian. Uh, he was an alcoholic. And I said, Brian, you've got something in your life that supersedes the power of God. And he looked at me like, you know, a cow looking at a new gate. And I said, you have, a, God gave you a will and your will can sever the power of God from your life. Isn't that powerful? So what does that even mean to us? On a daily basis, our, relationship, our relationships get tested all the time. All the time. But it's what we do in those moments that will determine whether it gets more hostile or we diffuse that by maintaining a life of love, uh, uh, patience, long-suffering, forgiveness, and on and on and on and on. Can I have an amen? This is, is it, it, does this help in any of you here tonight? It's just it's so good. Amen. So Cain exalted his will above God's will which gave the devil entrance into his tormented soul, which created uncontrolled anger, which turned into murder. Okay. While Cain's offering <laughs> came from a sick heart filled with envy and jealousy and strife, Abel's offering carried the sweet fragrance of humility, reverence, worship, and love. So good. Verse six. And the Lord said to Cain, why are you so angry? 
And I, again, you know, stop and think about every day of your life, your relationship. Why are these sometimes you get so angry? Why are you so angry? Why are you so emotionally out of control? That's what he's saying to King. Why do you look sad, depressed, and dejected? If you do well, will you not be accepted? The word accepted means be promoted in rank or character. Okay, I've said this a hundred times. I'll say it one more time. Why rank or character instead of rank and character? Because Cain had the rank, but he failed to have the character. I mean, I really believe with all my heart, if we would just live a God-like life, that's, God would be pleased. Just live it. Live it at home. Live it at work. Live it at the grocery store. If we would just live the God-like life. Can you imagine how it would be so Garden of Eden? Amen. Why are you so angry? If you do not do well, sin crouches at the door. God said to Cain, it's desirous for you, but you must master it. What was he to master? His own critical and contentious heart. That's what he's to master. Cain said to his brother, oh, so what did Cain do? Did he repent? Did he let it go? Did he let it drop? Oh, no. Cain said to his brother, let us go out into the field. And when they were in the field, the word field popped out of me years ago. That's the place of seed time and harvest. Cain rose up against his brother and he killed him. I wrote this down. No lie, N-O, no love, no life, no liberty. Little love, little life, little liberty. Abundant love, abundant life, abundant liberty. <laughs> Isn't that good? <laughs> Amen. Amen. So good. <laughs> We wonder why sometimes our lives are so tormented. It's because we just, we want so, we're so stubborn. And we want to exalt our will above God's. I'm really glad that God loves us, forgives us always, always. He doesn't stop and question it. God doesn't stop. Well, one morning he says, I tell you, I am so tired of Randy. I'm going to divorce him. Never comes into the mind of God. I'm glad for that. So the Lord said unto Cain, verse 9, where's, brother, where's Abel your brother? And Cain said, I know not. Am I my brother's keeper? The word keeper there is the same beautiful word as in Genesis 2.15 when the Bible says God put Adam in the garden to dress it and to keep it. The same word keeper in the Hebrew means to hedge about as with thorns, to guard, protect, attend, to preserve, regard, and watchman. That, is, that simply means you are a steward over your own heart and your own mind and your own body. Nobody else. Nobody has ever transgressed God's word and, and get by with blaming the devil. We, as born-again, spirit-filled Christians, have been equipped to be godlike in an ungodly world, to be godlike in our marriages, godlike amongst our children, godlike in the church, godlike in the business world. Can I have an Amen. Why the hedge? It was to keep Cain's adversary from gaining access into his life. Everything we harvest in life, this is so good, is birthed from within. And whatever is birthed is determined by the law of Genesis. And whatever is reaped is determined by the law of seed, time, and harvest. 
Cain was responsible for the, his brother's welfare. It was his God, it was his God-ordained calling, just as it is ours. Yet to succeed required Cain to exalt God's will above his own by leading his brother in a life of love. Proverbs 4, guard your heart above all else for it determines the course of your life. Proverbs 37, be still. (coughs) Excuse me. Be still and rest in the Lord. Wait for him and patiently lean yourself upon him. Be still and rest in the Lord. Shut up. Rest in the Lord. (laughs) Don't open your mouth. Rest in the Lord. Wait for him and patiently lean yourself upon him. Fret not yourself because of him who prospers in his way, because of the man who brings wicked devices to pass. And I like this next verse. Cease from anger and forsake wrath. Cease from anger and forsake wrath. Fret not yourself. It tends only to evil doing. For evildoers or those who fail to cease from anger, those who fail to forsake wrath shall be cut off. But those who wait and hope and look for the Lord in the end shall inherit the earth. You know, we, when we were young, we used to drive around and look at houses and dream. And we just drive, you know, uh, we just drive just south of town, you know, where we now live. And we'd, we'd drive there and just dream. I can't, oh, the whole, of course, south of town back then was just a little bit south of 41st of Minnesota. And we'd just dream of these houses, you know. Um, what's that park? Um, yeah, Todd Hill. Oh, Todd Hill. Oh, we could just live on Todd Hill. It's good to dream. I said it's good to dream. There's nothing wrong with it. So, we just drive on, just drive around, look at homes, you know, oh, I'd like to live there, I'd like to live there, so on and so on. It's good to dream. God wants to bless your life, but let it be in his timing. Okay, I only tell you that's because I've had way more Ishmael's in my life than I've had Isaac's. And I don't mean, I'm just simply saying, uh, you know, Abraham got in a hurry and, and, and instead of waiting for the, the perfect promise of God, he got ahead of God. You know the story. And, and, and uh, took Hagar as wife, Hagar as his wife, and had a Ishmael, which simply meant a work of the flesh rather than Isaac, which is a work of the spirit. I've had Ishmael motorcycles. I've had, Ish, I've had Ishmael trucks. I've had Ishmael cars. Uh, oh, I've, I've, I've had Ishmael houses. None of it's fun. Simply because you get impatient and you try to make something happen that is not supposed to happen. Just telling. Yeah. Anybody else relate to that? Yeah. I'm just saying, you know, that, yeah. And, and God doesn't want that. He doesn't want you to be hurting. He doesn't want you to have something that's a, a, a complete weight upon your life. A heavy burden on your life. Because the Lord said his burden is easy is, is Yoke is easy, his burden is light. Can I have an amen? So here's the big question. God said, cease from anger and forsake wrath. How do we do that? Listen, the only way to overcome anger is to stop feeding it. Stop feed. How does one's anger intensify? I mean, how does that work? It works by you keep 
rolling over and 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 just keep you just keep rolling the same gurgitating the same stuff in your mind till you just completely get out of control i can't believe he blew his top So you have to be disciplined in regards to what you think on. And as you let it go, you let it go. Forget about it. Everything's going to be fine. Put it in the hands of God. He knows how to fix stuff. Listen, we know how to break stuff. He knows how to fix stuff. It's so good. Listen to this. Anger originates in the soul and is ultimately expressed to the soul. Yes, it can drop down into the heart. The heart will manufacture it, but ultimately it'll come back out of the soul. If you agree, say amen to that. That's why you have to, don't be conformed to this world, Romans 12, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. I've known people, listen, I've known people, even family, who just could not we're unwilling to confront and deal with uncontrolled anger and it's cost them valuable relationships. Valuable relationships because they just couldn't, didn't want to address and deal with the issue. Genesis 4, we're almost done here. Genesis 4, 9 says this. Then the Lord said to Cain, where is Abel your brother? And Cain says, I do not know, am I my brother's keeper? Wow, what a powerful statement. That am I my brother's keeper? And God responded by saying, yes, you are. You are. It's the same question that's been handed down to every generation unto this very one. Am I my brother's keeper? Yes, I am. Why? He's watching me so that he can follow God. Am I my spouse's keeper? Yes, I am. It's every husband's spiritual calling to be that to his wife. Am I my child's keeper? Yes, I am. For they will become imitators of me. God, remember that. If there's one thing my dad gave me, if there's one thing he gave me, He struggled in life, but he still had a sense of humor. And I know I laugh at myself, but I'd rather do that than weep at myself. I'll say something and I'll laugh. I'll tell a joke and I laugh more than the person hearing the joke. And yet there's something there, not that I be so light that I you know, don't accept the responsibilities I do have, but my goodness gracious, you can carry stuff in your life that it just, it so depresses you. I mean, if you look at, that's why, that's why you can't afford to listen to the news today because it is just depressing. It, it, it is just simply will strip anything out of you that is a faith. We know it's dark. We know it's twisted. We know it's just filled with lies and deception. It's just a mess. We'll leave it there, put it in the hands of God, and trust God with everything. Hallelujah. Can I have an amen? Especially when it comes to your life. The world's going to do what the world's going to do, but God's going to do what God's going to do. Hallelujah. Just wanted you to know that. Am I my neighbor's keeper? Yes, you are. Why? Because it's your ministry of reconciliation. It does, it does matter how you act at work. It does matter. 
It does matter that you are the one that everybody talks about that works harder than anybody else. I love that. That's a great testimony. That you, know, that you don't slack off like everybody else, but you, you be the hardest worker. Not because you're kissing anybody, but because you want to be a good example to everybody. Can I have an amen? That you're not only, not only a hard worker, you're a wise worker. You're a reverent worker. You know, you're a subservient worker. It's important. All these things are important when it comes to you being a light to the world around you. As we individually give our lives wholly to God on a daily basis, listen, then he will, he will anoint us or grace us for this divine assignment. If you agree, say amen. So why are you so angry is what was asked. Getting, this is good. Getting angry is not a sin, but remaining angry until it's out of control is. As I'm getting mad, we all get mad about something. But just then stop, man, correct your attitude and ask God to forgive you and get back in faith. Can I have an amen? That's what God wants for you. Ephesians 4, verse 26. Don't let the, this is the Passion Bible. Don't let the passion of your emotions lead you to sin. I'll say that again. Don't let the passion of your emotions lead you to sin. Don't let anger control you or fuel or be fuel for revenge, not even for a day. Don't let the slanderous accuser of the devil, don't give the slanderous accuser of the devil an opportunity to man manipulate you. Don't let him manipul manipulate you. Isn't that something? So you can see right here that the devil is involved in this thing called anger. He can't control any of us. Do you understand that? You have to, so, so many Christians always are talking about what the devil's doing. Why don't you just talk about what God's doing? I'm serious about that. They get all hung up on that, you know. Oh, the devil's been doing, shut up. Just declare what God's doing. God is saving people, healing people, delivering people. God is a mighty God, a good God, a glorious God, a faithful God, a, a mighty God. Amen. A loving God. Hallelujah. I mean, talk. Choose your words wisely. Why am I so angry? I'll just give you some reasons people give. Maybe it's because as a child you observed it in your parent and you become the very thing you hated. Maybe it's because you were teased a lot and made fun of and anger became your personal weapon. Maybe it's because of ongoing, never-ending emotional abuse. Anger comes for many reasons. Or for others, it may be from a lack of discipline. I wrote this down because it's true. Childhood tantrums become adult tantrums. You know. Uh, my mom and dad, I don't remember getting spanked by my mom and dad, but they pulled my ears all the time. Don't know. I should have surgery by now. It's just, that's what their discipline was. But the one thing I did not have, and I'm grateful for it, I did not have uncontrolled anger. Frustrated, had every reason to, but maybe it was that, just that thing in dad that was imparted to me. He just, uh, and maybe to a fault, but he took everything so lightly. <clears throat> All of these excuses I gave you every one of these are excuses, but they're not going to hold up when it comes to what God told us to do. 
And that is to be godlike when it comes to all these things in our lives. Uncontrolled anger, listen to this, affects our marriage relationships. It sure does. Creates insecurities in our family relationships. They sure do. And can become a hindrance to church relationships. And listen to this. Uncontrolled anger also wreaks havoc on both careers and job opportunities. Because people can't control the anger, so they lose good jobs. All these things are a product of how we were raised. How many want controlled anger in your life? You want it controlled. You're gonna be, they're going to get angry. But the Bible says, get angry, but don't sin. Don't, allow, don't cross the line to where it gets out of control. And you begin to attack people because of your uncontrolled anger. There's many... Have any of you ever diffused anger by just shutting up? I've heard this in relationships. You know, I sure know how to push the buttons in my spouse. Why? <laughs> then why push them? Why create a darker atmosphere than already exists? I'm just, are, are you all with me tonight? So all these things that you know, that we are confronted with. These are the three specific areas that Satan really does get a foothold into your life. Now, listen, may I also say this? Do you remember when Satan entered Judas? It, that's in the Bible, by the way. In one of the Gospels, it says, and then Satan entered Jesus, uh, Judas, all right? L listen, when you get angry, you're not big enough for Satan to enter, you're not, that in, you're not that significant. I don't mean to, you're not. Now, you have men of God that are reaching thousands of people. They're significant with Satan personally attacking their lives. But Satan is not personally attacking your life. If anything, that simply, let me just say it this way. When you get out of, in out of control anger, you're just simply giving access to his behavior in your life in a greater degree. Isn't that good? I just want you to know that because he's not as much as a threat as you think he is because Jesus in Colossians 2.15 says he disarmed the principalities and the powers that were arranged against. He's disarmed the devil. So he's disarmed. He's not as, he's not as great as we sometimes think he is or want to make him. Oh, the devil sure has been attacking my life lately. Why well, should be under your feet? So it's, it's more of the behaviors, the characteristics of the devil than it is the devil himself. You understand that now? Yeah. Amen. Just wanted you to, I hope I cleared that up. Three more verses and we're done. Proverbs 19 and 11. Sensible people control their temper. They earn respect by overlooking wrongs. Not good. I mean, there have been men of God that God could not call into full-time ministry because they, they could not control their anger. Or they were in ministry and in the last ministry because they could not control their anger. So it says, sensible people control their temple. They earn respect by overlooking wrongs. The Living Bible says a wise man or woman uh, uh, restrains his anger and overlooks insults. This is to his credit. Isn't that good? Proverbs 14, verse 17, the message translation, the hot-headed do things they'll later regret. Proverbs 37, verse 8, let go of anger and leave rage behind. <laughs> 
Let go of anger. Leave rage behind. Any good verses? Finally, in James 1, understand this, my beloved brethren. Let every man be quick to hear, a ready listener, slow to speak, and slow to take offense and to get angry. Not funny. He says, let everyone, one mouth, be slow to speak. Quick to hear, forgive me. A ready listener, slow to speak and slow to take offense and get angry. For man's anger does not promote the righteousness of God that he wishes and requires. So get rid of all uncleanness and the rampant outgrowth of wickedness and in a very humble and gentle, modest spirit, receive and welcome the word which implanted and rooted in your hearts contains the power to save your souls. Amen. Why don't you bow your head? I want to pray for you tonight. (laughs) Thank you, Father. Do I get frustrated sometimes? Absolutely. Just like you. Most of the time, I'm just talking about me now. Most of the time, I'm more angry at myself than I am at anybody else. Most of the time. I'm just angry at myself. Whether it has to do with my marriage, whether that has to do with my children, my grandchildren, what has to do with the church, I just simply am angry at myself more often than not just because of falling short and not being everything that I need to be for my wife, for my children, for my grandchildren, for the church in general. So I can't, I wish I could cast anger out of, out of you. You know, I wish I could cast the devil out of you, you know, but number one, he's not in you. But as you bow your head, how many say, Pastor, I've heard the message tonight. There's one thing I don't want is uncontrolled anger. So could you just lift me up in prayer and help, help, help? Because uh, I'm going to call on God's help tonight to grace me to come out of this uncontrolled anger into a disciplined life. Lift your hand if you want anybody like that. Thank you. I really appreciate it. No, seriously, I, mean, I, don't, I just appreciate your honesty before God. Let's all lift a hand towards heaven. Let me pray over you tonight. Father, every one of us can relate to what I've shared tonight. But God, our greatest desire is to be like you. To be a person of, of love, patience. A person, God, that is kind and good. A person that reflects your peace and your joy. So, Father, I do pray for all of everyone here, everyone online, and even myself. God, we ask you tonight to, as we meditate your scriptures, God, may they find a place deep inside of us. So, God, that literally, day by day, our, our inward character is becoming stronger and stronger so that, God of heaven, we have complete control of anger by your word and by your spirit. And I'll begin to thank him for that. And Father, thank you. I plead the blood of Jesus over these precious, precious family of yours, your children. And God, I thank you. We declare tonight, greater is the Holy Spirit in us than he is in the world. Father, thank you. Forgive us, Father, for crossing that line of becoming so angry that, God, we create a far deeper um, 
a far deeper problem than necessary. And Father, bring, bring healing and wholeness to all of our relationships. Say that. Say, Lord, I receive that by faith. Yeah, every relationship, our marriages, our children, our homes, God. Father, we choose to walk in love. We choose to walk by faith. Hallelujah. We choose to obey you. So Father, thank you. Thank you for blessing and enriching the lives of our people here tonight. In Jesus' name, and everyone say amen. Thank you for listening to today's message. We'd love for you to join us for our Sunday morning service at 9.30, as well as our midweek service on Wednesday nights at 7. Thanks again for listening. Have a great day.